Oh, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the next level experience. Let's see if uh, if I can pronounce names right. There's a there's an ongoing theme. Anytime I have a guest on, I can never say anybody's name right. I'm terrible with names, and I always make the joke that thankfully my mother named me the most generic white guy name in the world. Uh, so, guys, we have Jacqueline on, right? Yep, you said yeah, it right. Got it this time. <laughs> Hell yeah, got it. All right, so I'm two for two. Last week I got Chase's name right, but you know that's more of an easier name. Um, but we have Coach Jacqueline on. Uh, she is joining us today to spit some facts on eating disorders, Olympic style lifting, and basically how she just became a badass as I sit here and look at these medals that she has hanging in the background. So Jacqueline, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. So first off, like how long have you been Olympic lifting for on like a competitive level? Yeah. So, um, about five years, I started competing seriously in 2017. Uh, I did take last, like this season off. Uh, it's been five straight years of like, you know, competing at the national level, weight cutting. So that definitely takes the toll. So this year is like completely off. Okay. Right on. So how, how has your body been responding with the uh, off time? Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. Cause you know, uh, I still train with my, my lifting club. So, y- you know, there's, there's obviously days where I'm trying to push the, the weights a little harder, mm-hmm. definitely better than, than where I was at the end of my season. By the end of like, I had nationals back in May of last year, my body was like totally beat. I had shoulder issues, hip issues. I was just so burnt out. Um, but now it's better, you know, like I've, unfortunately I've gone through bouts of like my coach and I trying to push, the volume a little bit, but every mm. time we try to push like injuries would come back. So, mm. uh, we found a really good middle ground between like, you know, pushing the, the limits a little bit, like mm. we're working more on like the, you know, the RPE versus percentages. Mm. Right. So it's kind of more based off of feel versus like, you have to hit these percentages on this given day. Um, so it's better. It's definitely better than it was. I'll say like six months ago. Cause I was an absolute wreck trying to lift too heavy, too fast after the season, but finding a groove, right. It's, it's obviously hard as any competitive athlete knows, um, just training for health, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game versus training for, for sport or competition. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like you, you bringing that up, it makes me think about it from a bodybuilding perspective. I I know a lot of times what happens after, you know, we come out of like prep cuts and, you, you know, coming out, out of like a show prep, like we'll get back into the gym and it's like, okay, cool. Like, what are we working towards? And then it's like, we start trying to lift heavier and it's like, Oh no, not there yet. Like strength hasn't <laughs> fully came back. So I, I definitely think that, uh, that, that time off from a sport is a needed, but it's also, uh, it's also a different phase. Like it, it humbles you a little bit. It's like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we're an athlete, but at the same time, we have to take a step back and prioritize us as humans, not us as athletes. So. Totally. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and and like uh, a lot of my athletes as well. Like that's what I, that's what I tell them all the time. You know, I I train. Um, uh, I'm the head strength coach at a high school here in Delaware. Nice. Um, so like I'm over like football team, ladies lacrosse, uh, men's baseball, men's basketball, stuff like that. And I tell them all the time. I'm like, sometimes we're not always just training for performance. Sometimes we're training just to get you healthy. Like we're just mm-hmm. training to get your body stronger. Like we're, we're not trying to make it to where you could jump higher all the time or run faster. Sometimes like I just care, Hey, like this 17 year old kid can actually execute a squat properly yeah. <laughs> or can actually like pick something up off the floor without hurting himself. <laughs> so, For sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so how, how exactly did you start Olympic style lifting? Because like, that's one style of lifting. Every time I try to do it, it kicks my ass sideways. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, I started with CrossFit, right? So I joined CrossFit back in 2013. So 10 years ago now, and, um, I fell in love with the lifting side of it. So I had done CrossFit for, I want to say a good, like, yeah, between 2013 and 2017. And, um, I, unfortunately, like I was injured quite a bit when I was doing CrossFit, like my knees were, were screwed up. Uh, I was overtraining. Um, I like, I, I swear I had adrenal fatigue or like what's known as, um, AP axis function yep. or, or sorry, HP axis function. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I know I, I had it for 100%. And, um, it wasn't until 2017 where like, it, it took me, it was so hard to pull back from like, you know, the, the heart, the, the wads, um, mm-hmm. the, the hit workouts, the cardio aspect of CrossFit. But, um, yeah, I did my first comp and it was very successful. And when I pulled back from the, you know, the, the intensity, my, my body comp actually started to change like a lot. I started leaning out because I wasn't doing so much damn cardio so often. And that between that and just like the rush that I got from competing, I really like bought into, to weightlifting. So it, it you know, it, it is one of those sports that you get sucked into, like you do your first competition and you just want more. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically how I got started. And I've been just doing it for the last five years, um, until up until this season, I still weightlift, but it's just not competitive. Right. Right. Dude, yeah. like that's, that's completely me with bodybuilding. So like I discovered bodybuilding whenever I was like on my weight loss journey and like fell in love with the sport. And like, as mm-hmm. soon as I did my very first show, I was like, as soon as I stepped off, I was like, cool. When's the next one? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the high you get, right? Like that's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's so scary at the same time also. And like, I talked to a bunch of different athletes about this aspect, like from Olympic lifting to powerlifting to CrossFit games, like there is a level of nervousness when, mm-hmm. whenever you're competing. And I don't know about you, but like every time, like I get ready for a competition and it's like the day of, I always get like the butterflies, dude. Oh, hell yeah. I always get the butterflies. 100%. Yeah, it, it's hard it, to dial back. <laughs> it is it is so hard hard to dial back because like you've been working for so long and you've been training mm-hmm. and dieting and doing whatever routine you have to do to get there and like mm-hmm. that day is finally there and it's like okay shit like all of this hard work that I put in now is the it's the pinnacle it's like where it all pays off now so, so yeah my mind goes wild actually I always tell my coach I'm like what if I forget how to snatch or like what if I drop the bar on my head or what if I like dislocate my shoulder like all of these scenarios that are like so offside that have never happened. It's all of the, what if this happens? Like, what if I forget how to like clean and jerk? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's, I feel like it's just part of being nervous and being and being an athlete, right? Like you care that much. Um, all those, what ifs are going to pop into your head. Oh yeah, for sure. So you you said something that that really caught caught my interest whenever you were explaining to us how you got into Olympic lifting. You said you started with CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, Of course, as you know, like within the last decade-ish or so, CrossFit has kind of blown up. Like it's Mm -hmm. got huge. Oh yeah. To where like now, like Stacy, the soccer mom is even doing CrossFit. Yeah. You know, in your opinion, why, why do you think the general population style of client is now attracted to CrossFit? Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a couple conversations with people about this, but CrossFit's great. Cause it's, it's number one, it's scalable. Anyone can do CrossFit, mm-hmm. anybody, you know, you see people that are like, 
um, that are disabled doing it, people in wheelchairs, like anyone can do CrossFit because you can scale it down so much to someone's like ability. But I think it's the high you get. Um, I was talking to like a friend of mine last week about this. Like there's no other feeling that you get after doing uh, a workout like CrossFit, right? You're basically leaving everything on the floor and, um, no other, in my opinion, workout can provide that feeling. It's also empowering, right? You know, lifting a barbell, um, you're always looking to get better. You're always working on some kind of skill. Like there's, there's never, it's never boring, right? It's so varied from day to day. And then of course the community aspect of it, that's a huge part of, of CrossFit. Like no other gym has that same connection with their members, right? You go to global gym, like everyone's solo, but you go to a CrossFit gym, everyone's friends. Like the people we hang out with like nine times out of 10 are people from the gym, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I think the combination of those things is why it's become such a a popular um, activity Mm -hmm. or way of working out. Yeah. So my, my assistant coach, um, she's actually really big into CrossFit. So like she, she's like a CrossFit fiend. So, oh, nice. Yeah, me being a bodybuilder and her being a CrossFit athlete, we we always give each other flack. Like buttheads. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's oh, so, so different. Oh, so dude, different. Two different worlds. So like yeah. even like, even like you talking about like on how your meat days, whenever you know you're afraid where like oh my god, like what what if I forget how to snatch or clean or press mm-hmm. or whatever? I was sitting there thinking, I was like, in bodybuilding, we really don't get nervous about that. We what we get nervous about is like, what if I get on stage and I come out flat? Like what if mm-hmm. I come out on stage yes. and I come out with too much water, like, yep. like, like, like only like we, we think about more variables like that, where the day of, we really can't per se control it too much. We can mm-hmm. to a point like everything we do, like the two weeks before the show are so important for, for like our performance on stage, because I tell my bodybuilding clients all the time, like two weeks two weeks out, this is where all the excuses got to go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care if you had a bad day at work. I don't care if your wife is like being annoying. I don't care if the mm-hmm. kids are being loud. I don't care if the dog shitted on the floor. Like all the excuses are out the window right now. Cause like these yeah. next 14 days are very vital to how mm-hmm. we perform. Um, so it's just, it's always interesting to see how different sports, um, their meets their competitions, their shows always have different variables in them. Oh Yeah. It's just, it's always so fascinating. And like, we, we could probably do a whole n- another episode on that alone. hundred <laughs> percent. But what, what, what I really kind of want to transition into though, is something you, you shared with me before we, we got on air, um, was you, you actually battled a, a eating disorder, right? I did. Yep. So, yep. Um, if you don't mind, would you mind shining some light on that and your experience? Totally. Yeah. So, um, I, I unfortunately picked up, um, an eating disorder at a very young age. So I would say like grade six. Okay. Yeah. Grade six was when, um, someone like a friend of mine, uh, made a call about my weight and her mom actually was very into health and fitness. So like there was stuff going on at home that like she was picking up on mm. and made a comment about my weight. So like things kind of spiraled from there. Um, as soon as that, that comment was made, I just started watching what I was eating, I, um, was exercising like crazy and that just snowballed into high school. So yeah, six, seven, eight, like had body image issues was like under eating. But by the time I got to, to high school, like grade nine, I had the full blown, um, like I was uh, diagnosed with anorexia. So I was like not eating at all, probably eating like seven, 800 calories a day mm-hmm. on top of this. I used to compete in jump rope. Oh, so okay. I go to like, yeah, practice. Yes two hours, three, three, four days a week. Um, everything that I was eating was, I was just completely burning off and more. 
And I ended up getting down to like, I want to say a hundred pounds. So I was on that like tipping point of having to, mm-hmm. to go to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, my, my peers noticed there was obviously a problem. My mom also struggled with anorexia. So she noticed all the signs and basically mm-hmm. pulled me aside one night was like, we need to get help. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go see a nutritionist, psychiatrist, you know, basically gained a whole bunch of weight back on during high school. So like by grade 12, I was like fuller, I was healthy, but like that spiraled into more body image issues mm-hmm. because I went from hundred pounds, to like 140 pounds. Uh, so university came around, I had to stop competing in jump rope, unfortunately, um, which I filled that void with like working out mm-hmm. and with working out, I was doing it way too much. I was in kinesiology mm-hmm. in university, going to the gym, lifting weights, spending way too much time on the, on the cardio machines. Um, I, uh, like I was watching what I was eating. I ended up, um, when I was in university, that's when I started CrossFit. So okay. I picked up on the paleo <laughs> diet. And uh, yeah. between all of those things, I ended up going all the way back down to like 113 pounds. Uh, so I was pretty shredded. Like, you know, you could see my abs. I, I was so lean, like so, so, so lean. And um, I was just so restrictive with my diet, like wouldn't let anyone get in the way of it. I was so restrictive with my workout schedule and like rigid with it, missed out on so much in university. But yeah, like I, I basically struggled from grade six all the way up until I want to say like, I think it was 2015 when I hired my, my coach, like my nutrition coach, um, with that, all of that, like on and off eating disorder, disordered eating patterns, restrictive dieting, overtraining, all that stuff. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank Like, first off, thank you for uh, sharing that. Like, thank you for being comfortable within your story to, you know, put that out there. Anytime. No problem. Um, so like one, one thing that I'm always curious about with eating disorders is like, what were some of the side effects that, that you noticed that came from your eating disorder? Like what, what are some of like the biofeedback signs that you noticed changed? Yeah. I mean, like I obviously wasn't eating enough. Um, yeah. so energy levels dipped completely. Um, with that, a lot of my, like I was wasting away muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but like eating disorders are tricky. You know, I've always said to people, a lot more people probably have eating disorder patterns than they think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very prevalent, right? So some of the signs of it were, you know, uh, one was actually really bad. Like roommates would make cookies. So one of them handed me a cookie, walked out the door and I chucked it in the garbage, you know, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. how strict I was with my diet. I remember one night they made like pasta, uh, in the house and paleo, no grains. I literally like, this is, this is really messed up. I would not even eat a noodle, like one single noodle because it was not like, it was, it wasn't paleo uh, and I wasn't allowed to, to eat grains. Right. I, even my boyfriend back at the time, like his whole house, like his family had to make me a dinner that coincided with my diet. Like when I think about how fucked up this was, mm-hmm. excuse my language, no, it, it was messed up. Uh, so those are just some like like signs uh, aside from the biofeedback stuff, right? Like the, I guess like the mental mm-hmm. and the mental or phys- or psychological signs of like what I was dealing with. Um, when I, when I was struggling with it. Hmm. Yeah. So like that, that's, that's wild to think about. Cause I, I have a, another coaching friend, uh, Jillian, she actually coaches my fiance. Um, I had her on for a podcast earlier or no, not earlier, later, later in last year in 2022. And she was sharing a story with me about 
she was getting ready for a show and like she would actually walk around and eat like a red bell pepper like an apple and i'm like wow right and like she brought that up because like we we were talking about how um competing can can lead to eating disorders and like Mm -hmm. she, she brought that up and i was like man like that that's wild like i've done some crazy things to get ready for shows but mm-hmm. never, never anything to, to that point where like, I'm going to eat a uh, bell pepper, like it's an apple. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, like that's gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. No, no, like you, you gotta be a badass to do that. Um, no kidding. But yeah, so, so it's, it's interesting that, that you brought up a lot of the stuff that you did with the food, how like you would take the cookie from your roommate and like chunk it in the trash or like you would have like your significant other's family, like cook a completely different meal to, to follow your diet. Mm-hmm. And I often feel like a lot of general population clients, they feel like that's what has to happen. Like that is what it takes in order to see the result that they want. And like, I'm always very upfront with, with general population clients. I say, Hey, you're not a bodybuilder. You're not a competitor. I don't expect you to be a thousand percent accurate on your diet. You're not mm-hmm. working towards this big goal. You want to look good during boating season. You want to look good whenever it's time to go out on the beach. You want mm-hmm. to feel better about how your husband looks at you whenever you guys are being intimate. Two different things. So, totally. I, so like just hearing about some of the things that you did, I, I really think like a lot of people think that that's what, what it takes. And, and that's not truly what it takes at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you actually posted something on Instagram. I want to say it was er, maybe earlier this week or last week. You you were talking about like the amount of dieting that you do actually sets you up for how fast you, you can lose body fat or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, or like the amount of dieting. Yes. I know it's, it's ringing a bell. Like success on dieting depends on how much of the year you spend not dieting. Yes. Was yes, it that yes, post? Yes. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Right. But when you think about it, it makes sense. Like some of the best weight cuts I've had have been because I've spent like one of the best weight cuts I ever had was the one I did after 12 months of being at maintenance yeah. um, and pushing into a surplus. Right. It was like, it was like a cakewalk. I was eating like 2000 calories, still losing weight, eating dairy mm-hmm. queen up until my, my weightlifting meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell that story all the time because, you know, everyone's spending 24, seven, 365 trying to diet. Whereas they had just spent, you know, six to 12 months, not dieting. Like mm-hmm. it would be so easy, yeah. so, so easy, but it's obviously, you know, that comes with the mindset shift for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, ironically enough, I actually did a lesson in, uh, my free Facebook group this morning about, uh, like repairing your metabolism. You know, nice. one of the, one of the biggest things that I talked about this morning was actually not dieting, like take a break mm-hmm. from dieting. And, and a lot of people they're like, but I want to lose weight. Cool. If you want to lose weight, you're going to take a break from dieting, mm-hmm. but how does that help me? Well, it allows your body to just chill the fuck out. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that sometimes their body just needs a period where it can just chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. because you've been dieting for so long you've been going from keto to paleo to fasting back to keto to the military diet to the carnivore diet like you've been jumping around to all of these diets the last two three four or five plus years your body has basically gotten to the point where it's going hey fuck you i'm not yeah. working for you anymore and 100%. i always tell people like if we want the body to do what we want it to do we have to supply the body with what it needs Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is 
the body is a machine. It only cares about being alive. It only about it only cares about keeping you alive. As far as fat burning, building muscle, whatever goes, it could care less at the end of the day. That's what you want. That's not what your body wants. So we have to give the body what it wants in order for the body to give us what we want. I love that. I think that's awesome. And that's a really good point because we are, we're actually running a challenge right now, but it's geared mainly towards those that do CrossFit. And, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the people we're working with are they're leaning out and losing weight by reverse dieting. Right. And it's just, again, the nature of CrossFit, very high intense. Um, you know, it's, it's all hit. It's, uh, it just jacks your cortisol up like crazy, but so much cortisol, (laughs) right. So many people that are doing CrossFit are following like low carb or paleo or like keto. I don't know where they got that idea from, but, um, now that we're feeding them more food, like the, the before and after pictures we're seeing are insane, Mm -hmm. right. It's, it's wild. Like, you know, it, like you said before, you gotta, when you give your body what it wants, it'll give you back like Mm -hmm. what you're looking for. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So like, I I actually compare like our relationship with our body, kind of like a marriage, Mm -hmm. like in order to have a healthy and happy marriage, you got to give and take, like you got to give your spouse what they need. And then they're going to give back what you want or need. And it's the same thing. Like if, like I said, if we're not giving the body what the body needs in order to just function properly and be alive, doesn't care what you want. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to go, cool, my host isn't feeding me. Like, I'm going to store everything that they do consume because I don't know if I'm going to get another meal. Yep. Yep. 100%. And like breaking that down this morning, like really opened a lot of eyes for people. And they were like, holy hell, okay, maybe, maybe I need to take a few months off from dieting. Yeah. Like eat more food and like focus on like just becoming healthier. Mm -hmm. And like, like I, I even told a client this this morning. You know, she's uh, she's going through a reverse diet right now, losing inches, her clothes are fitting better, sex drive is going up, energy is going up, like she's living a pretty good life, right? But the scale hasn't moved in three weeks. And now she's beating herself up. And I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. just yesterday, we had a conversation about how happy you were. Like, now you're mm-hmm. more intimate, your clothes are fitting better, you have more energy, you, you feel like your old self again. So are we really losing just because the scale isn't moving? No. Not at all. We're just in a phase right now where we're focusing on letting the body be happy and healthy as fuck. And mm-hmm. sometimes the best way to get to the point of losing weight is by doing healthy people shit. Yeah. And like, like I tell people all the time, if you really want to lose weight, act like you're the healthiest person alive. Like for real, yeah. like, like just, act, just be a healthy person and like mm-hmm. you will eventually lose weight. And like that kind of goes back to um, a mindset thing that I have with business. Ed Milet once said that the best way to become a millionaire is by walking and talking like a millionaire. And like, I think about, think about that all the time. And I'm like, that really relates to health really well, because if you want to become a healthy person, just start acting like it and you'll eventually become one. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. There's some really valid points that you bring up there um, with the client. Right. And like, I, I always say like, what's the alternative? Like if we don't do the reverse diet, the alternative is to just like stay where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and not see any change and still be miserable and super tired and, you know, be in this like all or nothing mindset. Right. And I always say too to our clients, once you're on the other side of it, like once you are losing weight, you'll understand the importance of like why we pushed your calories so high. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's so hard to see that in the moment when you're going through it, mm-hmm. like, why do I have to eat more? Or like, you know, in some cases, you know, some clients might gain a couple pounds. Like, why do I have to gain more weight before I lose? Well, it's a byproduct of all the shit you've done for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely tough, but um, yeah, there's some really good points that you brought up there. I love. 
Yeah, for sure. And like you, you bring it up, uh, sometimes you guys have your clients, excuse me. So sometimes you guys have your clients eat more food. Like I love whenever that happens because once we start giving them more food and like, we actually get them to gain a little bit of weight mm-hmm. and they notice how much better they feel. I've learned that sometimes the clients could care less about that two to four extra pounds they gain just because of how good they feel now. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just a beautiful thing. And like, one of my favorite things with working with clients is, you know, anytime we, we get them on the other side, like you were talking about where now they're losing weight, building muscle, burning body fat, going through body, body recomposition. And they get to the point of like where they're eating a lot of food and like, they're seeing like the fat come off and like, they're seeing like the muscle reveal itself. They're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm eating all of this food and I look like this. Like, yeah. I, like I think about, um, one, one of my clients, Denise, uh, she's been working with me for a little over a year now. And she, as of right now, she weighs the same whenever she first started with me. But if you looked at her before and after photos, like her before she had a very little muscle on her, like looked a little malnourished. Like now dude, she looks happy, healthy, muscular. Like she, she has a little four pack going on. That's awesome. Like, yeah. And, and like the crazier thing, she's like 53 years old. Wow. Right. That's incredible. Right, dude. And and like, it's, it's just so mind blowing seeing like how feeding the body actually helps the body so much. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, they, they're so misinformed because I, I think people are just in the mindset of diet means take away, but mm-hmm. diet can also mean to add though. Yeah. 100%. I love that. I love that. And when we add, you know, that's sometimes when people will see the results they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Then, then, uh, then eventually they get to the point where they're eating 25, 2,600 calories and like they, they have abs down. They're like, Hey, this is great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> living the life, living the life. It's the man. best. Yeah. Then, uh, then eventually, uh, hopefully it never gets to the point of like where I'm at, where I'm having to consume like 3,500 calories. Cause that's, oh. That's rough. Dude, it's a chore. That is rough. I do not miss. I do not miss eating. Like, I think the most I ever ate for I'm pretty small was like 24, 2,500. And yeah. that was just like, I was, or was, I was like pushing 300 carbs. Like that was way too much for me. Uh, but I had to get the job done. Like, mm-hmm. you know, eating that much takes work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because like uh, my fiance and I were, we're getting ready for our wedding right now, which is in August. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and she's working with her coach, her coach, and I'm working with mine and her coach bumped her uh, protein up to, I think it was like 132 or something like that the other night. And I was like, huh, that's nice. As I'm, as I'm eating 300 grams of protein. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No oh, kidding. God, I wish I could You're do like, that. I wish, I wish. <laughs> I wish so like like anytime somebody complains about like the amount of protein they have to eat, I'm like, could be worse. You could be doing what I'm doing. You could be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. How do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. I love it. I love (laughs) it. So dude, how did um like you you went through an eating disorder? You started CrossFit. Of course, we talked about how much cortisol like comes with doing CrossFit. And then like once you transition into Olympic lifting, correct me if I'm wrong, but once you transition into Olympic lifting, you kind of leaned out a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Do, I did. Do, you, do you contribute that to like the lack of the intensity? Cause I mean, of course there's intensity in Olympic style training, mm-hmm. but there's so much more intensity within CrossFit cause it's go, 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 go with Olympic lifting. It's more like go, go rest, 
go, yes. go, rest, go, go, rest. Yeah. So like, do, do you think that, that played a big factor? Yeah. I mean, like, so when I was doing CrossFit, um, you know, I, I was also overtraining. So I, I should have been more specific. Like when I was doing CrossFit, I was training like five, six days a week doing probably like an hour to an hour and a half of like lifting and yeah. then doing like, I would even say longer. My sessions would last anywhere between two to two and a half hours. And it was a combination of weightlifting and um, doing like a Metcon or like a wad, but that was like five, six days a week. So the volume and intensity was like 10 out of 10 every, almost every day. And I was that person that like, didn't want to leave the gym until mm -hmm. I felt like I left everything on the floor, but every day. Right. And anyone that does CrossFit knows like you can't do that five, six days in mm -hmm. a row and mm -hmm. expect to recover and feel good and like perform. So it wasn't until I started just focusing on weightlifting that um, injuries started to go away. Mm -hmm. I probably dialed the, the cardio sessions back down to like, I started with like three days a week. Good. So I would maybe jump into a class and do like a wad. Yeah. Uh, but I was like five days a week of, of strict weightlifting plus like some supplementary cardio, mm -hmm. uh, versus what I was doing before. Right. And you know, when I was doing CrossFit and training like a maniac, I was working three jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can only imagine like my stress levels were so high and I couldn't get through the day without a daily nap. Like I had to nap every yeah. single day. Right. So when I said before that I had adrenal fatigue, like for, I for sure did, mm -hmm. um, no one should have to nap on the day on a daily basis. Like the way I did, I'm not a napper. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So, and then, yeah, as soon as I started competing, you know, eating, uh, I was eating more. Mm -hmm. I was, um, backing off of the, the Metcon so much. Like mm -hmm. I literally, like, I just started to shrink. It was wild. Heck yeah. That was so yeah. So if you don't mind, you, you know, there, I'm sure there's people out there that they don't know what adrenal fatigue means. Could, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Like your adrenal glands, right? Like they basically shut down on me completely. Uh, so there, there was just an overconsumption of, or not overconsumption, overproduction of cortisol in my body, mm -hmm. um, at a point where my body couldn't keep up. So I just like, I said, I could not get through the day without having to sleep or nap. Um, I was exhausted all the time. I had, again, injuries, like th those were all just signs of, of that happening. Mm -hmm. um, stress was just way too high and I was not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, that, that's actually a great definition. Um, one thing that I noticed with a lot of general population people or clients is they think the more you work out, the better it is. And like, I, I, I always elaborate to them, think about working out as we're, we're adding more gasoline to the fire because mm -hmm. like we're generally speaking us as human beings, we're now more stressed than ever. We have higher mm -hmm. cortisol levels than, than ever through sensory stuff with our phones, through um, stress with like financial stuff, inflammation, war, politics, blah, 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 blah. Like cortisol is high in mm -hmm. human nature now. So we're technically already on fire a little bit. Yep. So whenever we work out and whenever we diet, think of it as putting a little bit of gas on the fire. The fire is now bigger. Like mm -hmm. the more gas we add to the fire, the bigger the fire gets, which means the more water we need to put it out or the more effort it's going to take to put, put the fire out. So why do I want a bigger fire? Let's keep the fire to a minimum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like I always use that analogy with them. They're like, Damn, that, that kind of makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, because like all working out does is this, it's a stressor to the body. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, like my coach and I, like we, we him and I, we, we talk about this all the time because my stress levels are super high, like through the, through the roof, crazy. Um, and he always gets on me about my stress levels. He, he told me before, he's, he said, the only time you ever want your body to be stressed or have inflammation is during your training session because it actually protects your body. And he, he kind of explained that science to it, or he, he explained that science to me behind it. And it made such a world of difference to me because I started seeing it like more as, okay, cool. Throughout my general days, just sitting here talking to you, doing this podcast, doing business stuff, I need to find ways to make stress as low as possible. So whenever I go into my training session, I could then have a intense training session inflammation and cortisol could be a little bit higher it protects my body then once we're done for the day the body mellows back out Mm -hmm. so now we got the inflammation we needed to protect the joints the muscles ligaments etc but we didn't over stress the body so like he he explained it to me in that way and i'm like dude like that's like i never thought of it like that it's like Mm mind-blowing and him and i had that conversation a few months ago and ever since then like i've started finding ways to reduce my stress through like normal everyday things such as this and like my training has gone through the roof like i felt stronger like i've grown more like i just my recovery my recovery time is higher Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy to see the correlation between cortisol levels and muscle growth and muscle recovery like it's just it's truly it's truly mind-blowing and Mm -hmm. i mean like there's there's correlation between cortisol and fat loss as well Mm -hmm. Um, you know as your as kind of like your your story has elaborated a little bit yeah, cortisol is such a, I don't, I don't want to call it a buzzword, but cortisol is like one of those words where people hear it all the time. Yes. And I don't think they know what it means. Yeah. They have no, no concept. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean, in reality, all cortisol is, is just stress. It's just yeah. a chemical that's released whenever we're stressed. Exactly. And it's like, it's the body's fight or flight really. Yeah. So, um, but let's, uh, let's kind of transition into where you are today. Um, yeah. how did like olympic lifting just turned things around for you because like it really sounds like olympic lifting was like that one thing where everything just clicked for you now you're like Mm -hmm. hey this is it this is my golden ticket this is my golden key to the kingdom this is how like everything has been fixed yeah um i would say like olympic lifting taught me that um looking a certain way doesn't matter Mm -hmm. so i'm so big on like like not I don't lift anymore to like, look good. Like I lift to be strong. Right. And when I think about what you're, what you're doing in a competition, like we don't get medals for like who has abs, you know, or who looks (laughs) the best, like bodybuilders, like we get medals for how much we can lift on a platform. Mm -hmm. So that shifted my mindset big time. Uh, cause I, I was always working out to look good, to be Mm -hmm. like shredded, to have a six pack. I used to do a lot of bodybuilding. I never did like a show or anything, but, um, when I transitioned from like bodybuilding, cardio style workouts into Mm -hmm. CrossFit and then weightlifting, like weightlifting really did change my mindset around why I exercise, right? It's just to be strong um, or as strong as I physically can be. Nice. Yeah. I I love that so much. Like I I can't even like express how much I truly enjoy the fact that Olympic lifting helped you take your mind off of, Hey, how, how do I look and how am I performing? Like mm-hmm. it's transitioned it. And I, I tell that to a lot of my younger uh, female yes. athletes. I tell, tell them this all the time because like, especially, you know, whenever they're in that teenage window, like they're mm-hmm. so 
fixated on how they look, you know, how others perceive them. And I was telling one athlete the other night, actually, I was like, dude, like you're strong. Like, like you're strong for, for, for a chick that's 15 years old. Like you were super strong actually. And like, it made, made her day. It made a world of difference to her. And like, she made the comment. She was like, yeah, I like feeling strong. And I thought about that for a minute. I was like, I enjoy hearing females say that Mm -hmm. because of the mere fact that I think, and not to get it off on a side tangent, I think too often within society, women have had this idea, they have to look a certain way. They have mm-hmm. to have this certain style about them or a certain build to them. Where now in 2023, it's like, hey, it's cool to be a chick and be strong as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, it's truly cool. Like, it's, like it's, uh, it's very common for me to scroll on Instagram and see a dude pull 500, 600 pounds. I scroll on Instagram, I see a chick pulling like 450 or something crazy like that, 500. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like it's impressive and it's mind blowing sometimes because it's showing that not only men are capable of this, not only men are capable of being strong, building muscle, getting lean, getting abs, losing weight, making a big transformation. Like I, I, th- I think it's showing that, hey, both men and women are, are capable of this. And, and I just love it so much. Yeah. I mean, I, it brings up a a good point. And I actually had someone comment, I had posted like a picture of me flexing or something in January and someone, you know, the troll, um, came on and was like, you're too muscular for a female. I was like, cool. Then unfollow me. Like I ain't changing. Like I I had no, no issue with like not fighting back. It was like, Mm -hmm. if you don't like what you see, then like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Cause I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anytime I see that happen, I always love to go to the comment section and just like read the comebacks because because so, sometimes the females have such good comebacks. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Pour him yeah. down the pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, or, or maybe you're too small to be a man. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but man, yeah, that's wild. Well, dude, like I, I am so happy to hear that, you know, Olympic lifting has kind of been that golden ticket, that, you know, golden key to the kingdom for you, as Thank I like you. to say, it kind of, it kind of just sounds like that, that was, that was your uh, saving grace. It was for sure. From like, you know, between that and like, you know, hiring a coach, I would say those two things just like totally changed my mindset around food and, and working out like the purpose behind it. Yeah. So I must ask, like, whenever you hired your first coach, like, what was that transition like for you? Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but before you hired that coach, you were, you were doing CrossFit, right? Yeah. So like I, I had just, I was doing CrossFit. It was 2013 when I joined CrossFit. So I've been doing it for two years. And, uh, I think that the light bulb moment for me was I looked at all these women like doing CrossFit and like how strong they looked, how they had Mm -hmm. all these muscles. They were super lean. And I was like, why don't I look like this? Like I was 113 pounds. I was so skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was pretty shredded, but like, I didn't have these big muscles and I'm like, right. well, why can't I build muscle? And then uh, one day I was like, oh shit, I'm doing a lot of cardio. I'm not eating enough. Um, I knew what I had to do, but like, there was no way I could just start eating more on my own. So mm-hmm. I reached out to, uh, a coach. And it was funny, like the day I reached out to her, there was this this article that was floating around on the internet and it was a picture of her snatching. And Mm. it was, the headline was how I snatched 80 kilos eating donuts. And I was like, well, Mm. I want both of those things. I want to snatch 80 kilos and I want to look like this girl. Cause she was like, just like shred it. Right. (laughs) So reached out to her. Um, and the first time I reached out, I actually ended up chickening out. 
And I was like, screw this. Like when I heard what was involved, I was like, I'm going to try and do this on my own. Classic didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then reached back out. And from there, she just put me on like a uh, reverse diet into a a bulk. Mm -hmm. And I ended up gaining 20 pounds in about a year and a half to two years. And uh, it was wild. Like (laughs) back then for me to bulk, I had to eat 2000 calories. Now I like cut on 2000 calories. It's crazy. Uh, which is wild. Right. But yeah, like from there, that's when everything changed. I was, you know, I went from 113 pounds to like 135. Mm-hmm. I've been maintaining that since. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just, that's, that's where it all changed was just between her, you know, working with her and um, transitioning over fully to weightlifting. So like that, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's really wild that what you were bulking at is now what you're cutting at. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy, like how just like fixing the metabolism and how just letting the body chill the fuck out mm-hmm. actually helps so much, <clears throat> so much, so, so much. much. And, and I feel like people they they undervalue that. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like people think it's cool. I have to run two miles a day and like lift for an hour a day and like cut my carbs all the time and be in a deficit all the time to look good. Mm-hmm. Now, like sometimes, like it's 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 crazy to think, um, like some of our clients and you could probably attest to this as well. Like most of the time they look their best whenever they're eating more, not eating less. Hell yeah. So hell yeah. So, uh, um, so I, I, I must ask just cause I'm curious from like a strength coach perspective, uh, with Olympic lifting, like what forms of cardio do you, do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, so I still do, like, I have my own weightlifting coach Yeah, and, um, he still programs for me, like, circuit circuit style conditioning pieces okay like i don't do a lot of like you know walking on the treadmill or biking for 50 like a lot of like low intensity Mm -hmm. um steady state cardio i don't do a lot of that stuff i do more of circuit type workouts they're like Mm crossfitty but the the intensity of them he'll say like you're not going above 70 percent or uh, i don't even touch a barbell anymore in in those conditioning pieces like it's all just like dumbbell kettlebell uh skipping body weight body weight stuff because i get most of my lifting from weight the weightlifting piece right so it's probably like two to three days a week i probably spend like 10 to 15 minutes uh on the days that i do cardio um and that's that's it really like just try not to get my heart rate too high hmm that's interesting so yeah so it's kind of it's kind of like weighted in interval training right Mm -hmm. okay awesome Awesome, yeah. Cool. yeah. So yeah. No, and it's more awesome. for enjoyment, right? Like, you know, I'm not one that'll just go on the treadmill and walk mm-hmm. or like, I can't, I don't have the attention pan to just sit on a, sit on a, a bike and bike for 15 minutes. Like I, I get bored, so bored. So I enjoy like the, the circuit t- style workouts that he provides me with. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I love doing it. It makes me feel good. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I bike on the stationary bike for about 30 minutes every day. Yeah, I can do that. And, um, <laughs> dude, so what, what saves me from boredom is I edit a lot of my videos, like for, Oh, like, that's so Instagram smart. Yeah. So like, I'll spend that time editing and cause like the point of me biking right now, isn't to get my heart rate up. Mm-hmm. It's just to get a little bit extra movement going Totally. since, since we're eating so much. I love uh, that. Yeah. So, so like, there's no point in getting it elevated because we don't want to get cortisol levels high due to yep. cardio. We won't, we want cortisol levels high with weightlifting, not, not the cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's just like slow, steady pace, kind of just like sitting there hanging out, 
So yeah. I'm like, like I finally discovered, I was like, let me use this time to edit stuff and like check my email and I text clients and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a time for me to knock work out while I'm also doing something extra because mm-hmm. then I could spend the next hour in my lifting session with my phone put away. Yes. Like, like I've already knocked stuff out. Totally. Me. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Like we have a, we have a, an assault runner. I don't know if you know the, those um, yeah, treadmills yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at the gym. And I'm always like, Oh, I want to walk, but I'm like, I don't want to waste time. Uh, I got shit to do, but that's smart. Like editing videos or like doing some work while you're at it. There you go. Yeah, man. Learn something new today. Yeah. I mean, like, like I told you, I'm trying to find ways to, to reduce my cortisol throughout yeah. the day. So just finding ways to knock stuff out, like while also knocking another thing out, killing two birds mm-hmm. with one stone. It's, it's it's been it's been a game changer actually for me. I love it. No, yeah, for sure. Well, Jacqueline, this has been awesome. Like for real, like the your story is just awesome. I, I think it's very empowering for a lot of women, especially those who battled anorexia uh, within their teenage years, and you know, just being able to see like where you can start from and where you can finish. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's very it's very remarkable. Um, so like I have to ask before we close out, I see all of the shiny metals behind you. <laughs> um, so like what what's been your best placements? Oh, uh, I you know what I was I was I have been very blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like what do I got back there? I probably I have a couple golds there. Oh, um, okay. but yeah, like. That's a really good question. I would even, as much as I have medals there, I would say like my best performance was probably when I placed, I placed six at nationals. Like I didn't get a medal or anything, but like for me to, to, to play six in, in all of Canada was a huge accomplishment. Um, that's like uh, from weightlifting, but I will say, so I used to compete in, in jump rope. Uh, one of my biggest accomplishments in jump rope was I set a Canadian record for triple unders. Um, so the oh. rope going under you three times in one jump, mm-hmm. I did like 171 consecutively. So that I would, it, out of all of my athletic accomplishments, I would say like, that is for sure my biggest accomplishment. So fun fact about me and don't, don't laugh at me. I think I told you this before, but I can't jump rope. Yeah. You told me that. I, I jump feel rope. like the first time we had. Yeah. Yeah. We I cannot jump. Rope. That's so funny. <laughs> oh man. Dude, well, I, just... I feel like. I'm too top heavy. That's, that's what it is. I'm too top heavy. That that's, that's what, that's what I'm going to chalk it up to. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever need lessons, let me know. <laughs> oh, dude. So like, I can't even think you, you say like triple jump. I can't even think about doing one of those. How, how, you said 137, 171, 171. Shit. Like, yeah. I, I can't even imagine doing one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a bouncy person. I'm a, so I like, I used to train on trampolines. Like when mm-hmm. I used to jump rope, we would go to gymnastics gyms and like Mm-hmm. train on the trampolines in the bouncy floor. So awesome. between that and like the skill work with the the rope itself, um, yeah, I was able to pick it up. I can do a quad too. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. So like, the, I promise this is my last question. This is my strength coach, like yeah. the inner strength coach of me coming out. Did your experience with jump roping help you at all with Olympic lifting due to the explosiveness? hundred percent. I yeah. am very fast under the bar. Um, that's like one of the, the, the comments I always get from people is like, you're so fast. Um, yeah. So it definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely transitioned from jump rope to Olympic lifting. It's just dude, the, the, the human body is just so weird. Yeah, it is so weird. Cause when you think about the two, they're so different. So different. They are so different, but it makes sense. It it makes, 
yeah so like it completely makes sense which is why i like clicked in my head i was like wait a minute there's a lot of explosion going through like jump roping especially if you yeah. like triples and quads of course I'm like, that has to core, like the muscle memory behind that has mm-hmm. to correlate somehow with her Olympic lifting. Like it oh, has yeah. to make her a better lifter. And even yeah. like box jumps, like yeah. people watch me do box, box jumps. They're like, Jesus, like I can jump super high, but like, they're so effortless, like mm-hmm. so effortless. Right. But yeah, there's a lot of like <clears throat> crossover from. Have, have you ever tested your vertical? No. Huh? I'd be interested. Yeah. I'd be interested. I should. Yeah. Yeah, go for it, dude. You're giving me ideas. <laughs> I'll have to, to, I'll have to put that one out to my uh, my weightlifting coach. <laughs> Be like, hey, this hey, is I was on this podcast and, and this guy had a great idea. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I mean, could, could make for an interesting, you know, TikTok or Instagram video. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? That's been on my mind. Like, there's this girl I follow on TikTok who makes crazy ass skipping videos, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I would love to do that it's it's on the back burner just for like for fun Uh, she does it to music and all kinds of stuff like with gymnastics like that's that's on the back of my mind (laughs) coming soon (laughs) coming soon i love it it. yeah Well, well jacqueline this has been great um where can everybody listening find you on social media yeah so my uh my instagram handle is js strength and conditioning um so it's it's super long but otherwise like i'm jacqueline maxwell on um like facebook if you guys were to search Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. are, so are, are you on Instagram and TikTok as well? I am. Yeah. So it's, it's JS strength and conditioning for both platforms for Instagram, <laughs> uh, TikTok. I feel like, um, you'd have to search like my, my name, Jacqueline <laughs> Maxwell. So yeah, Jacqueline Maxwell. But if you're looking on, uh, Instagram, it's JS strength and conditioning. Awesome. Awesome. And guys, if you're listening and want to connect with Jacqueline, you could go to the, to the description, excuse me, and the links to all of her profiles will be found there as well. So, so say, save you guys some time, just go to the description, find the link, click on it, and you could connect with her. Uh, you'll also find a link to my free Facebook group where we give people all of the hidden secrets to fat loss and body transformations that nobody else is telling you. And if you want to connect with me, my socials are in the description as well. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.